Welcome to the Ice Talks, where we implement change every day. Hey, Harold S. Reed Jr. here, also known as HRJR, your motivational coach, and welcome back to another episode of the Ice Talks. I've been away for a while, but uh, I've been busy, so it wasn't like it was a vacation. Trust me when I tell you, I've been busy. But let me just jump right in. First, I want to share some great news with you. All right. I have released, I have officially released my third book, Get Your Mind Right, 10 Lessons to Lead You Towards Success. You can find this book on my website, www.hrjrmotivaction.com. That's H-R-J-R-M-O-T-I-V-A-C-T-I-O-N.com. All right. And I got a special surprise for, I would say, let's see, the next six people who order that book. I got a special bonus gift that's going to go with an autographed copy of that book. All right. That's it. No more plugging. Oh, well, until the end. But (laughs) all right. Let's jump right into today's talk. Let's talk. right. Let's jump right into today's podcast. Today's podcast is entitled Be Cheap With Your Dreams. Now, what does that mean? Well, I'm glad you asked, (laughs) as always. Let me share with you what that means. When people come and ask you for money, how likely are you to share your money? Now, asking that question, you may say, well, it depends on how much they ask for. If somebody asks you for a dollar, five dollars, 10, maybe 20, you let it slide. You know what? Here it is. And you know, you either hound them for that $20 or you know that that person will pay you back that $20 in a day or a week or whatever. All right. But if you're anything like me, you asking for $50 or more, I damn near want to check your FICO score. I want to see how soon I'm going to get my, I want to know how soon I'm going to get my money back. And I will hound you for my $50. I will hound you for my $100. I will hound you for, listen, if I trust you enough to, 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 to lend you the money, I trust you enough to pay it back, but that don't mean I'm going to make it easy on you. No, seriously. Chances are, if somebody came to you and asked you for, I don't know, you know, who's listening, you know, I don't know how, how what your pockets look like, but hey, you come ask me for a couple hundred dollars, you come ask me for a thousand dollars, you come ask me for anything over that, we're going to have some serious issues because I'm not balling out of control and quite frankly, uh, I'm cheap. <laughs> I'm, I'm cheap. I'm selectively frugal. I like to say at times, but my point is this, regardless of the dollar amount, you, if everybody keeps coming and asking you for money, you're not going to be giving it out. This cousin asks you for money. This brother asks you for money. This friend asks you for money. This, you know, person asks you, you know, money. Hey, listen, money doesn't grow on trees for any of us. I get that. So what I'm saying is, You're not likely to just dole out your money just because somebody asked for it. No matter how generous you may be, none of us are human ATMs. None of us are just doling out money left and right. Okay? What I want you to do 
is I want you to be just as cheap, just as selectively frugal with your dreams, your goals, and your aspirations. Now, what do I mean by that? Quite frankly, uh, to quote Les Brown, if people don't have a larger vision for and of themselves, how can they possibly have a larger vision for you? A lot of times, people allow themselves to be talked out of their dreams and goals because they shared their dreams and goals with the wrong people. Now, sad to say, and it's sad but true, oftentimes the wrong people, sometimes the wrong people to share your dreams and your goals with can be some of the people who are closest to you. They can be a parent. They can be a sibling. They can even be a spouse. They can be a best friend that you shoot hoops with or get your nails done with. Some, you, you, have, you have to really know the person with whom you plan to share your dreams, goals, and aspirations because not everybody is going to see your vision the way you see your vision. I remember when I said I wanted to become a speaker and I had a relative, I, 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 write, I write about this story and I've shared this story before. Uh, I won't divulge who the relative is, but I remember when I gave my very first quote unquote professional speech. It was the very first time uh, I stood in front of an audience as what I called myself to be a speaker. And <clears throat> I was on fire, man. I, you know what? I, I only had to speak for about 25 minutes. I killed it. Got a standing ovation, right? Came home, charged, called this particular relative to share the good news. I said, hey, listen, I am officially a professional speaker. And without even asking me what happened, how did it go, what did I talk about, this relative just came out of their face and was like, well, you ain't a professional speaker unless you got paid. Which really took the wind out of my sails because the second part of that good news was that I did get paid. Right? I, I, and the funny thing is, I actually wasn't even expecting to get paid. This was more or less a sentimental and also symbolic uh, gesture, me giving this particular speech at this particular venue tell you the truth, it was the school that I went to as a child in my hometown of East Orange, New Jersey. I spoke at the eighth grade graduation. That was my very first professional speech. And I even told the principal, who happens to be the same principal I had when I was a student there. Yeah, she's been there for over 50 years. Um, yes. <laughs> and I even I even told her when she when she allowed me to speak that I didn't want to be paid. I, this was me, you know, one, stepping into this, this, this venture. And two, it was my way of giving back, you know, to be able to talk to the, the, the graduating class, the young people in that class. So I went in there pure of heart to just deliver a positive, powerful message with no expectation of getting paid. And I received a little card at the at the end of the of the graduation, before I left, the secret, principal secretary gave me a card, and I didn't open the card until I got home. And when I opened the card, it was one hundred and fifty dollars cash in there, and that was when I knew I was a professional speaker. Right? I got one hundred and fifty dollars for twenty five minutes of talking, but when I shared the first part of this news with that relative. 
this relative just because uh, I don't want you to know if it's a male or female, so I'm just, female, so I'm just saying this relative, this relative basically chopped me off at the knees with that little snide remark. You ain't a professional unless you get paid. At that point, you know what I did? I said, you know what? You're right. I don't even want to talk no more. Have a nice night. Bye. Click. Hung up the phone. Right? And it's been a handful of times since I've spoken to that relative since. And I learned then, even though, like I said, I quoted Les Brown. So I've known this for years because I trust in what Les has said, you know, but you trust things even more when somebody tells you something and then you experience it. And what I experienced was somebody who didn't have as large a vision for me as I had for myself. So I realized that I have to be frugal. I have to be cheap with sharing my my dreams. I had to be cheap with sharing my goals. You can't just tell your goals and dreams to anybody because one of two things, at least one of two things, one of at least two things will happen. One, they'll tell you all about how you are not qualified to do what it is you say you're wanting to do. That's one. Two, uh, they will do everything in their power to talk you out of it. Okay? See? So, I mean... You have you have somebody, you say, hey, I want to be a doctor. What you know about being a doctor? I want to do real estate. What you know about doing real estate? What you know about being a speaker? Oh, man, when I said I wanted to write a book, what you know about writing a book? Right? And, and, and once, if you share your dreams and goals with somebody, <clears throat> and the first thing they ask you is, what do you know about that particular thing? All you have to say to that person is, not enough. So let me go and do some research. Bye. And and don't share another thing with that person. Don't share another thing with that person because nothing. Listen, if 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 as long as you're not talking about doing something completely outlandish, I mean, like I want to be on the, the, the first exploratory ship that they send to Mars, as long as you're not talking about something outlandish like that, or I want to sign up for Donald Trump's space force, (laughs) you know, as long as you're not talking about something totally outlandish like that, if the first question somebody asks you, and you could tell by the tone of their voice, whether they're asking to be inquisitive, or if they're asking in a sense to challenge you, or, 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 uh, pull out your ignorance of that thing. And by ignorance, I mean a lack of knowledge, not an absence of knowledge. Let's be clear, right? If the first thing this person asks you is what you know about being da-da-da-da-da, then you know what? Again, apparently not enough. Uh, So let me go do some research. I'm going to holler at you later. And you don't ever holler back at that person about your dream again. What you do is you go back and you do that research. You continue to learn what it is or whatever it is you wanted to learn about that thing you wanted to have, do, or become. And then you just let them see you doing it. Because that's what happened with me. I had haters. I had detractors. I had naysayers. Right? And now... Those same detractors, haters, and naysayers, well, some of them are still detracting and hating and naysaying, but guess what? I've, I've got dozens of speeches under my belt. I've spoken in front of hundreds of people. My goal is to set that to thousands of people, okay? 
I, I, like I said, I've got dozens of speeches under my belt. I'm looking to change that to hundreds, if not thousands. I'm looking to change my audience numbers into thousands. You know, I've, I've made good money over the years. I'm looking to make better money over the years to come. Notice I'm sharing with you where I am and where I want to be. And I believe that if you're listening to this podcast, you are the kind of person that I can share that particular goal with, those particular goals with. Because I believe if you're listening to this podcast, you are of like mind that you want to implement change every day. Somehow in your life, you want to improve your circumstances. And I'm here to tell you that you can absolutely improve your circumstances. You just have to be very leery with whom you share that information with. Because here's the honest to God truth. Not everybody is going to want to help you. Not everybody is going to want to support you. In case you hadn't known, I am not your happy, shiny, motivational speaker. I'm going to tell it to you like it is, or as they used to say back in the day, like a T.I. is, <laughs> okay? I'm going to give it to you straight. Not everybody's going to want to support you. Not everybody's going to want to stand in your corner. Not everybody's going to have your back. When I wrote my first book, I had, I got support from some people and I got ridiculed from others. I had one of my supervisors support me by buying, I had a couple of my supervisors su- support me by buying copies of my book. And then one day I walk into the, the squad room and somebody printed out a picture of the cover of my book and just put it up on the bulletin board as if to be joking. Like, you know, I'm surprised nobody drew a little mustache or whatever on my face with the glasses and whatnot. But I knew when my picture was up on that bulletin board, it wasn't there to show support. It wasn't there to say, hey, look what look what look what Harold, look what Reed did, look what Officer Reed did. No, it wasn't there for that. And I wore that. I accepted that. Because one of the greatest compliments I have ever gotten since I started writing was one of the supervisors that bought my book, uh, after he read it, he came to me, he said, man, I really loved your book. It, it was, it was very insightful, so on and so forth. He said, but the most important quality I liked about your book is as I was reading it, I could hear my, I could hear your voice in my head. That's what he said to me. I could hear your voice in my head as I'm reading. I could hear it as though you were talking to me. Wow. That meant a lot to me. And that same supervisor, several years later, called on me to give him speaking tips when he had to take his promotional exam for a lieutenant, I believe it was, either lieutenant or captain. I think it was lieutenant, all right? So again, not everybody's going to support you, but you're going to find people who will. And those people are like gems. They're like rare gems, and you're going to have to work hard to find them, all right? You can find rocks and pebbles anywhere, but rocks and pebbles are worthless, All right. You got to look for the gems. So, again, the same way I'm saying in the beginning, you are going to be frugal, as I say, uh, selectively frugal about who you give your money to, who you loan your who you will loan your money out to. You should be equally, if not more selectively frugal, dare I say cheap with whom you will share your dreams, your goals and aspirations. Not everybody needs to know what you're doing. And we live in the social media world where everybody got to put everything on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Pinterest, so on and so forth. And I'm guilty of it too. Okay. But here's the thing. I let people know what's going on so they can know what's the next thing coming. 
But when I let them know it's the next thing coming, it's already been in the works. See, one thing I learned from my dad, and I learned this at an early age, I would say probably my late teens, if not my early 20s, right? I would tell my dad, you know, all kinds of things I wanted to do, right? And my father would be like, yeah, all right, but what if this happens? Yeah, all right, what if that happens? And then, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like, you know, now I don't know if I want to do it anymore because, you know, he, he would feed that doubt, all right? He got real mad at me in my first book when I said he was a bubble buster. <laughs> I said, but did you read further when I said what I learned from, you know, planting those seeds of doubt? Because from my dad, because I know my dad is coming from a place of love, right? I know my dad is coming from uh, a place of trying to look out for me, make sure I don't make any mistakes. But hey, we all have to make our own mistakes. But what I learned from my father, not intentionally perhaps feeding that doubt into me, or maybe intentionally, whatever, what I learned was if I really wanted it, I would have to get it for myself. If for no other reasons, one, to prove I can do it to myself, and two, to prove I can do it to him. And I can honestly say any major serious goal I set in my life, I achieved. Don't worry about how long it took. That's none of your business. <laughs> it was, and, and you know what? Going through the process, it was none of mine. All right. I made a goal to become a police officer. It took me about five, six years, maybe even yeah, about five, six, seven years longer than I had expected. But it happened. Right. I made a goal to uh, I made several goals to hit by or before the age of 30. I wanted to have a have a new car, have a good new car. I wanted to have my own place. I wanted to have a great job and I wanted to be with the woman I would spend the rest of my life with. All right. And before my 30th birthday, I got the job. I got the car and I got the woman. And it was after my 30th birthday that I got the, the home of my own, you know, the, the place to call my own, my first apartment with, with my wife. All right. But going through those moves, going through those, moves, I, I didn't share what those goals were with anyone. I didn't share what those goals were. All right. As a matter of fact, I could think further back to what I credit to be my very first adult decision, and that was my decision to drop out of college and join the Air Force, all right? I only told one person, I only told one solitary person, and that was my girlfriend at the time, because I knew no matter what, she would support me. I knew she wouldn't feed me any doubt. I knew she wouldn't feed me any type of negativity, nothing that, you know, to try to dissuade me. If I was serious about it and I told her I was serious about it, I knew she'd have my back. And she did, you know. And um, no, that's not the woman I married. <laughs> but, you know, we're still good friends to this very day. All right. But again, that decision, I didn't share that with anybody but her. Right. I went to the recruiter. I took the, the, the entrance exam, what they call the ASFAB. I took the physical I went and got the, the, the job I was going to do. I did all of these things without consulting anyone, without sharing it with anyone except my girlfriend. Because she would say, well, what would you do today? How'd your day go? And I would, you know, tell her what was up. All right. But when the time came for me to sit down and have that conversation with my father, I had all my ducks in a row 
and I had rehearsed what I was going to say <laughs> about 50, 11 times, okay? And when I ran it down, by the time I was done, and I was waiting for that one crack in the armor, that one thing I left, that one stone I left unturned, I was waiting for him to come turn it over, right? But instead, when I was done, he asked me, are you sure you want to do this? Which for my father, that's his way, you know, if, if, if I say I'm sure, if he's sure, you know, then, then he, he's got my back and he had my back and it was a beautiful thing, all right? So again, I want to reiterate this, okay? Your dreams and your goals and your aspirations are what's going to improve your condition. It's going to improve your circumstances. These are the things that are going to take you to the next level in your life on your journey. And truth be told, there are people who will want to uh, dissuade you. There are people who will want to distract you. There are people who will want you to deviate from your journey. But Harold, you said these people will be close to us. If they're close to us, why would they want to deviate? Why would they want me to deviate? Why would they want to hold me back? Why would they want to distract me? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> the reason is this, and I'll go back to the Les Brown quote. If people do not have a larger vision for themselves, how can they possibly have a larger vision for you? See, the people who you know and the people who you love, your peers, your families, your friends, all right? They all see you as being on the same level because they see you every day. They've known you since you were a child. You've known each other for years in case of family and friends, right? You, you know, they, they've seen you in your ups and downs. They've, they, they know you like a, like a book, right? But now here you come saying you want to do something that's totally outside the box, something that you may, that, that they would never suspect or expect you to do. Right. But you doing this thing would elevate you. It would improve your life. It would make you happier than where you are now. It might be moving to a new city, gaining, uh, you know, learning a new language, uh, uh, endeavoring into some form of business, creating your own business, whatever it may be. What is happening, what is happening is you are taking yourself out of the comfort zone that those peers and possible family members are all comfortable in. You are removing yourself from that comfort zone and you are elevating yourself beyond that comfort zone. Now, none of us really like this. I mean, we, we happy to see somebody have good things happen to them, but there's a thing that goes on inside people. A lot of people where, okay, as long as you by my side, we good. Don't try to leave me. See, once you try to leave that comfort zone, that person's going to be left alone. And when that person's left alone in that comfort zone, you know what they're left with? They're left with their guilt. They're left with their shame because they too should they too know that they should be doing something with themselves to better themselves. They just haven't had the impetus or the inspiration or the serendipity to kick them in the butt and, and show them what it is that they want or should want to do. But you have it. And because you have it and you're looking to move on to greater and broader horizons, oh, now you think you better than me. No, I can't have that. So now if I talk you out of it, then I get to keep you here with me. What do they say? Misery loves company. Guess what? So does mediocrity. 
because you'll find that misery and mediocrity go hand in hand like M&Ms. <laughs> mediocrity and misery. M&Ms. Right? And you got to be a nut if you just let somebody talk you out of your dreams. Because here's something else that I always say. It's never the people who are talking to us who talk us out of our dreams, goals, or aspirations. It is always, 10 times out of 10, the person within us who talks us out of our dreams and goals and aspirations. I, 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 I can count a couple of instances that for the sake of time I won't get into in this talk where I allow what Zig Ziglar calls stinking thinking to infiltrate my brain and cause me to talk myself out of potentially great opportunities. Yet I digress. I want you to understand that there are people who will support you. I've said this. There are people who will, who will support you. There are people who will encourage you. There are people who will push you. And there are people who will challenge you. All right. And not every challenge is somebody trying to hold you back. Somebody cha- could be challenging you to, to push you, to, to work harder, to do better. One of my one of my one of my brothers from from Groove by Groove used to always do this. Used to always push me. Used to always challenge me. I remember when I designed my very first logo, and he was like, "Man, that looks like some old 1980s sci-fi movie type crap." And it kind of deflated me a little because I was rather proud of the little design that I had created. But at the same time, my brother was like he he did IT work. He did graphic design and stuff like that. He worked for he works for a major media company, corporation, major, major media corporation. I'll leave it at that cuz I'm not going to say his name or the corporation, right? But this is what he said. He said, "All right, these are the letters you want to use, HRJR. All right. Tell you what. Let me work at it." Dude came back to me a day or so later with what has with, with, with what was and remains to be my HRJR logo. And it was simple. It was, it's, it's, it's simple. It's, it's HRJR. It's simple. It's tasteful, yet kind of fancy looking at the same time, right? So there are people who are going to challenge you, but challenge you to do better, challenge you to be So you have to have a discerning ear about, or, or, or sense, if you will, about who is really there to push you and challenge you and who is really there to try and hold you back and keep you down so you can keep them company in the land of mediocrity and misery. So again, I say, and I close with this, be extremely cheap and frugal, selectively frugal with whom you share your dreams, your goals, and your aspirations. That's today's podcast. Now, some housekeeping before I close out this podcast. I'm still looking to boost up followers, all right? So I need you guys who are listening to this podcast, share this podcast. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. Share it with the people who have young people, teenagers, college students. Share it with everybody, all right? Because again, the ultimate goal is to get distributed uh, 
and broadcast on iHeartRadio. So I got to get at least 100 followers. All right. So pass it on, share it. Go to Spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. Look up this podcast, The Ice Talks. Okay. And just select follow and have them do the same thing. Select follow. Let's get those numbers up. All right. Also, as I said I would in the beginning, I'm going to plug the book one more time. Get your mind right. Ten lessons to lead you towards success. And you can get that on my website, www.hrjrmotivaction.com. That's H-R-J-R-M-O-T-I-V-A-C-T-I-O-N.com. It's been great talking to you guys as always, and I will be talking to you again very soon. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ice Talks, where we implement change every day.